Well, let's get let's get going here, Tim. I mean, we sound yeah. great. The microphones are hot. We're ready to go. We're live at Deseret Wellness in Provo, Utah. This is our second time uh, recording yeah, here. That's right. Utah um, in the Weeds, episode 38. 38. UtahMarijuana.org is where you can go get all the transcripts. You can listen to the podcast right yes. there. Yes. Uh, and we are um we are going to tr- start doing a full transcript okay. of the podcast, which I think will be I mean, it'll be a little different, but you'll be able to find them there. And I think you'll be able to find them there within about three or four days of when they release okay. on iTunes, which is kind of cool. If you want to read the podcast for some reason, you don't want, uh, you know, weed in your ear or on the speaker. There you go. <laughs> UtahMarijuana.org. And we are here today with Josh Fitzgerald. He is uh, the f- head pharmacist here at Deseret Wellness. Yeah. How long have you been at Deseret Wellness? Since we opened up. I, I came on with them mid-July before we opened up. So, and when yeah. did you open again? Um, what was it? Hard to think back. But it was August, August 31st. August 31st. Okay, yeah, so, the last day of August. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of a crazy day. Oh my gosh, it I was mean, nuts. I yeah, the stories. Yeah, have you guys heard the stories about how we, how we opened up like the Friday before we opened? Yeah, the state changes all our EVS protocols, and we're scrambling. Like I get a, I get an email from the state and like going, oh, this is the new change, and this is you know Friday night, and I'm like, oh, yes, oh my gosh. yeah, we got <laughs> yeah. we got some phone calls because we had a lot of patients that wanted to come down, wanted uh-huh. to be part of the opening. I think it was the way I heard it was um, they were enforcing rules that already had existed, but were not necessarily being followed to the letter and implemented perfectly around town. But um, that's awesome. Yeah. Pharmacist in charge is your your. That's my title. Yeah. Were you a pharmacist like at a regular pharmacy before you came here? Yeah. So a little bit of my background, I I started working in a pharmacy in 96, fresh off an LDS mission. Um, And... uh, my my best friend's older brother went into pharmacy school. He was in pharmacy school at the time. And he's like, you need to do this, man. It's it's cool. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So I uh, I went down to the Target in Fort Union, Cottonwood Heights now. And they just barely opened up like a few weeks. And I'm like, I walk in there and I said, hey, you guys looking for a pharmacy technician? And the manager's like, sure. And so they hired me on like right on the spot. And I started working like two days later. And uh, yeah, I worked with Target for, from 96 to 98. I was with them as a, as a technician. Went to pharmacy school and stayed on with them. I was in pharmacy school down in Phoenix. Um, graduated in 2001 from Midwestern. Came right back to that same target in 2001 and, oh, wow. and was a That's staff a pharmacist. pharmacist. Yeah, they wanted me back there quickly. So I was like, sure, I'll go back. Um, the manager just left then. And so they, there was some shuffling with the management there. So I, I started there as a pharmacist. And then um, what was it, 2005? So I live in South Jordan, Riverton, South Jordan area. And uh, the, the target out there in the district opened up in 2005 well early late 2005 it opened in 2006 but as soon as that happened i jumped on it and i was like hey i want to be a part of that so i was there from 2006 to this last july so and so now you're you're dealing with cannabis i mean you were here here you're at a regular pharmacy dealing with regular pain pills yeah and then you come in here dealing with a little more natural i mean was that a hard shift for you oh definitely like you know honestly it was a huge learning curve because one i'm you know i'm not a card holder mm-hmm. um just to put that out there for everybody don't use the stuff have you ever used cannabis no, uh-uh. never. never 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 so i'm kind of no, like so the, this is i, I mean we got to get into yeah that. we'll get into uh, it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, i always bring this up because it's fun to talk about like you know i'm not a user i shouldn't say user a partaker of it a, i see the a patient thing. you know yeah. what though what yeah. is there there is no wrong way to talk about it in my in my yeah, mind, I agree. right? I, yeah. Weed, marijuana, cannabis—you call it whatever you want here. You okay. can call use, smoke, vape, consume. Yeah, a lot it of it is just lingo that so we here use. here in like a medical setting. We kind of keep it a little you, bit more you, on the professional yeah, but side. But in to, your yes. podcast, you yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. But this, 
Okay, so but you went through the whole opioid epidemic. Oh yeah, in the in the late nineties through the early two thousands. Yep, and that's like you were in the heart of it. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Yeah, like to see these pill mills popping up in downtown Salt Lake and out in West Jordan. Um, and we'd see the patients come in and we'd see the doctors that came writing the same thing over and over and over again. I hated it. And there's nothing I can do about it. Like it was a legit prescription. I mean, honestly, it was a legit prescription, Yeah. Um, but it's coming from a pill mill. And luckily over the years, there's been some changes to that kind of stuff. And there's been some, you know, law changes that have been implemented to help, you know, curb some of that stuff. It still exists though, unfortunately. And I hated being a part of it. And that, that was one of my decisions, my, not the decision, but part of the decision that made me want to leave that industry and, and come over here. So what made you want to even investigate cannabis marijuana though? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what made you even be open to this? Well, so working at the target that I was at for so many years, there was a, um, a family that, that has a home in Col- Colorado. Where, where is it? Um, Southern Colorado. I can't. Grand Junction. Grand, Grand Junction. Grand Junction. Yeah. Junction. Okay. And um, they have a daughter with that's had epilepsy her entire life. And they got this summer home down there and they would go down there and they started using some CBD and THC um, combinations to kind of help with the epilepsy. And it got me thinking a lot over the years. Like I'd see them take this drive down there, you know, multiple times a month. And to see the the change in this little kid that was having seizures multiple times a day, knocking it down to like maybe a few a week. Um, that got me thinking about, you know, what this industry entails and how we've kind of lost it. And then after that, it's kind of just me just researching it. And um, when I saw this, the position open up here at Desert Wellness, I was like, oh, should I apply? I'm, I'm interested, but should I apply? And leaving that, you know, industry that I've been in for, gosh, almost 25 years, it was really hard. But, you know, the more I looked into it and the more I saw how they do things here at Desert Wellness, I was really like open to the idea. But to see, and that, that, that little girl that I dealt with before, she wasn't the only one. There were other people too. And I saw people just get in that downward spiral of addiction. I had family members that have, you know, been in that spiral and to not have this option that they could have turned to was really kind of a motivating thought for me to, to make this change. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, um, what do they call it? Like the, the gap between knowledge and, and not knowledge is that light bulb moment where you realize, wait, I don't know a lot about this. Yeah. Right. But you, and, and you have to but explore you see it. something. Yeah. Are you still in touch with that family? Um, not as much as I was. No, like no. it's been, I haven't seen them since I left really. Yeah. Right. So now that you're here, do you, did you look at other pharmacies to work for when you were looking into this or just this one? So just this one in the beginning, because that was all that was opening up at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I had feelers out to see what was going on. At, the, at that point, it was just, you know, Dragonfly. So there was other people and Wholesome was kind of in the beginning and, and Mindy had already been, you know, established as a pharmacist up there. So, you know, that wasn't a possibility for me. But yeah, I, I looked around a little bit. You say it like it's just normal, like Dragonfly oh, and yeah. then Mindy up at Wholesome. So, like, you know, I mean, this is really it, a It is a tight group of people. Right? It is. how many... Pharmacies open there's now. seven right now. Six or seven, seven open yeah. now of yeah. the 14 that will open. Hopefully open, And really yeah. everybody, do the pharmacists essentially all know each other? We do. So we have a little group, the Pharma de Utah, I forget the exact name of it, but we're, we're an association of, of, of cannabis pharmacists. You know, we talk monthly usually and, you know, go over things and, and voice our opinion when we need to, to voice it to the state and as a group kind of. Yeah, we're very tight knit in a lot of ways. We don't talk all the time, but if I have a problem, I'm going to reach out to Kevin up at Dragonfly and, and see what's going on there. Um, when Brian was over at, at Cureleaf, you know, we, I could, I could reach yeah. out to him too. So yeah, we, we, we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. If, are, do you live in this area? I mean, are you in this no, area? No, I live in Riverton. Okay. So okay. I, I didn't know down here every day. Yeah. Cause I was just wondering like how it was down here in Provo, right? Like it, like if, if you lived here, you know, and then your neighbors found out you're dealing with cannabis <laughs> now, I was just sure. curious what it's like. It, it, it's, it's interesting. Like yeah. when I got this job and, and, you know, in the beginning I didn't really like come out and say that I got this new job that I'm 
working in the cannabis industry because I didn't really know how to take it in the beginning. Huh. But now I'm totally open about it and, and love to talk about it. But it's interesting to see the people that come out of the woodwork that you didn't know that were maybe using it or going to Colorado or Nevada right. to get it. And, you know, they'll be, hey, Josh. I've been getting it from Colorado for you know, the last five years. And, <laughs> right. and like I need you know, to come see you down here. Yeah. And so that yeah. opens up some doors and I can talk to them about it. You know, like I told you, I'm LDS. Sure. I'm kind of like, you know, the, the token LDS boy around here. And I see a lot of LDS patients in here. Like it, it is, it isn't a stigma as much as we think it is in a lot of ways in, the, in this culture and community. And yeah, it's, it, it's cool to see people come out and say, Hey, yeah, I'm, I use this stuff and, and it's helped me. So. Do you see a lot of patients here that are from this area or do you see a lot of patients that are traveling because they don't want to come to their local, uh, Mm. their local cannabis farm? No, people pretty much go where the closest pharmacy is. Like it's a, it's a location based thing. But we have people come from, you know, since we're the furthest one South, we have people come from St. George. We have people come from um, the Blanding area. We have people come from Moab. Um, You know, Uh. we're straight out of the mouth of the Canyon here, Uh. out of uh, Spanish Fort Canyon. So we get a lot of the Southern Utah people, but to say that the majority of our patients are based here in Provo and Orem and Spanish Fork. Speaking of that, actually, I have a question on that topic since you have people driving here so far. It's yeah. been a while since I've been to your website, but do you guys keep it up to date pretty much with like your product? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm glad you asked that because we just we just changed to an online format that gives a little bit more of our menu options okay. and you can actually make online orders now. So, yeah, it's it, that's been huge over the last week. We, it's been pretty new to us. And you do the curbside pickup I saw the curbside, there. Yep. And do you take the Hyper app here? We yet? do. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Hyper and everything. Yeah. Are people still using cash primarily or are they switching over to Hyper? We would like them to switch over to Hyper, but it's primarily cash. I think it's going to be that way for a little while. Um, Is it because people are still afraid of like, they're afraid of the, the system knowing yeah. being that tracked. Yeah. They, I know, it, right? Like, people talk about that being tracked all the time. Yeah. People do not want to be tracked yep. with cannabis. Yeah. And, you know, I try to alleviate some of those concerns. You know, Hyper doesn't really track you in any way. Yes, you're, you know, you're a user on that app, that platform, but... You're being you're, tracked in EVS. I was going to say, that's say, what I was say yeah. every purchase you make yeah. right there. And, and and to kind of go back to what we we're talking and off the podcast with the whole uh, um, controlled substance database that you guys talked about last week yeah. with with uh, well with Desiree with Desiree and, yeah and they put it in this little article I read on the news and and they kind of hit it at the bottom of the article right like yeah. oh yeah by the way we're going to put you all on another state run database yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's good and bad to the consultants database, but everybody is being tracked. So if anybody has any concerns, right. you are being tracked, but it's in a good way. Like the state's our here to help us out. Our pockets yeah. are yeah. tracked. Yeah. I, I mean, they know the phone knows more about you than you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you, so are you thinking of ever using cannabis? Have you ever oh, thought about using it? Like yeah. even the lotion or, or so or I, I went to my primary care physician cause I'm, I, I like to run a lot and mm. I've had some issues with my heel over the last sure. couple months. And I, I made an appointment with him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I want to maybe try cannabis. I said, this is my new job and we've known each other for years now. Right. And, uh, he was hesitant about like giving me that, that, that letter. And so, um, is he a QMP? No, he's not. So he was going to give me a letter and I was going to try and go to a QMP, but yeah, I definitely want to, you know, at least try some of the stuff. I, you know, I don't have a true qualifying condition in the sense of other people do, but yeah, I have chronic pain in my heel, which I think is a qualifying condition, right? Is yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. 100%. Is it so, right. So that's what I, somebody who can tell you that it is a qualifying condition. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a qualifying so condition. So I'm, and I'm, especially for like topicals. That's what I really want to do. I want to try some right, edibles like, and I want to try some topical to help with this pain that I can sleep at night and hopefully I can get an appointment with somebody here in the next little bit, but yeah. that's my, I'm, I want to give it a try for sure. It's interesting. Do you feel like you've come to that because you're involved in it? I mean, we talk like when we were all in school, 
they said, don't hang out with those kids because the more you hang out with those kids, the more likely you are to get into trouble yeah. and use. Kids. And look what happened. You started but, hanging out with them. So, and so is this the truth or is this, is it just the knowledge? It's the knowledge. Uh, and it, it's the truth in the sense that it is the knowledge. Yes. Like, and I'll tell you the story a little real quick. So I've got a good friend that she, she's dealing with a lot of soldier, shoulder pain right now. And she's had, she found out she had a herniated disc in her neck uh, that was causing the shoulder pain. And she came in here and you know, because she didn't want to take opioids. And so she wouldn't have come in here unless she would have known that I was here. So in the sense that like the association with, with me and her, you know, gave her that entry to get into here. And, and same with, kind of goes with, with, with my situation. The knowledge that I have is that entry to get into here and, and pursue this kind of, you know, thought and, and, and treatment method. Yes. Um, okay. So this is exactly the point that I think needs to be made is that it's not the association with the wrong crowd. No. It's the so, but it is the association with the cannabis crowd. Yep. It's the association with the correct cannabis crowd, crowd. Yep. that makes the difference. Yep, and it's just a sharing of knowledge and sharing the you know of experiences too with it, and and being comfortable with using it. Like the, there's a definitely that stigma that's out there, and we have to change that as a community. Um, and it it takes us talking about it and takes us sharing it and and. and Yes, it's association, but it's a good association, like you said. Speaking of of like the stigma, have you noticed since March, the first dispensary or pharmacy opened up in Salt Lake Dragonfly to now, have you seen a little bit of that stigma kind of disappear a little bit? For sure, Over yeah. the last year, even here in Utah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the more people yeah. see it, the more people are comfortable with it. And the more we can explain to them that it's a safe, effective method of treatment, it's going to keep growing. And we can see that in the card numbers that are coming through. I mean, we started at what, God, what was it back in August when we opened, there was maybe like what, 10,000, 19,000? Yeah, it's over 20, it's well over 20,000 legal users now. And I think that the card numbers, the card numbers um, are the 30,000 that there was one yesterday that was 32,000. Yeah. So, uh, so there are, there are so many legal cannabis users. Remember when we get to a hundred thousand, that's 3% of the state's population, adult population. I can't wait. Is and that kind really, of when, when we're, we we're could start voting for legal then, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's what the lobbyists and that's what the industry looks at. They, they look at that 3% number as kind of the magic number before you start to, to transition to that other discussion. Yeah. I'm not, have you seen people, um, this is a good question for Josh because, because on my end, I'm not, I'm not for adult use yet. Mm-hmm. But do you feel, have you seen patients who have had some negative effect? Negative effect? No. Like there's really no negative effect that I've seen so far. It doesn't work for some people. I can say that. Um, and some people are discouraged when that happens, but it's not a negative effect. The majority of our, our patients see a positive effect from it. They see, you know, a benefit from it. So, so not a lot of negative not a, effects. No, no. That's Except draining good. your bank account, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, especially in prices here. So talk about a little bit about prices. Have you seen, do you, is there anything on the horizon that will bring prices down? Competition. The more pharmacies we can get open, I think the more competition we're going to have. And then the more growers that we can get producing quality product and more of it is going to drive the the demand for it. Well, the supply will go up and, and it's, that way we can have that I don't know. It, it'll, it'll even the market out is what I want to say. And, you know, but if over time, 14 pharmacies, then how can you really have competition? Right. Well, there was somebody who the other day told me they drove through a, a city in Colorado, 120. Well, the, gr- know, the green pharmacies. mile, man, like the, right? you know, yeah. Colorado, 22 at, at dispensaries. Point, in a at mile. some point, the state's going to have to reevaluate, you know, the, the amount of pharmacies we have. And I think that's going to be the, the deciding factor on what's going to, you know, kind of level the market out. Have we ever talked about why they only allowed 14 pharmacies in Utah? Do well, we originally, why? originally it was the central fill. 
Remember we well, were. I remember that. You know, you were going to go to the Central Fill, and then and that, that was the blister that was packs, be the and, blister packs, yeah. and then the Central Fill pharmacy would distribute it out to the health departments, and then they would distribute it out to the patients. But yeah. there was some problem with the uh, health department employees, you know, doing dispensing something federally it. illegal, dispensing a federally illegal product, and not needing to force or not forcing them. So they again compromised with a small number of of the fourteen pharmacies retail that we have. pharmacies. Yeah. I'm just wondering where they got fourteen and not. I think, I've never heard that. I, I, our state goes their buddies, right? Though, you have uh, Deseret Wellness has a pharmacy in Park City, Park City that's going to yeah. open. When uh, when do you think that pharmacy? We're shooting will open? for early February, late January. Yeah, sometime in that that time frame. Early February, late yeah. January, yeah. and is home delivery going to be a part of the home delivery? Wellness. It's going to be our core, I think, uh, up in Park City for sure. Just the way that the demographic is up there um, with the seasonal people there too. I think it's going to be very core to how we, we we dispense up there. Down here in Provo, we're definitely working on getting that done. As soon as we get the state authorization, you know, we're, we're ready to go with home delivery here. And hopefully that comes sooner than later because we've got a lot of patients that struggle to get here. That's why we have the curbside for the moment and we'll keep doing that. But curbside has helped out a lot of people that have a hard time getting into the building um, so those types of like one-off delivery methods or one-off purchasing methods are, are key to this industry. I think. Do you have a drive-through here? I didn't. We don't. Okay. No, yeah. we're not set up for that. I I'd love to have one, but no. We don't. Yeah, as I can say, I didn't think I saw. No, that. but I yeah. mean, there's how many how many curbside spots out front? There's three. We we started three. with one, and the, just this last week we had to add a third because, and we're probably gonna have to add a fourth here pretty soon. So. Oh yeah. really? That's yeah. that's cool though. It's really nice. Yeah. So talk to us about flour too, because you're the guy who knows how much flour is in this location. Yeah. And it still comes up as an issue. It is I just talked to a patient this morning who's like, oh, there's no indica here. Where can I find some indica? Yep. All we've got right now is Sunday driver. Yeah. Flour is is tough here in Utah. Like we're having shortages and a lot of it's held up with the state and the second round of processing that just went through. A lot of it is, you know, just our, our growers, you know, growing quality flour that they can put on the market too. So there's some things that could change and be a little bit better here in the state for sure. To get If to that you could point. pick a couple of those things, which would it be? Would it be, cause I hear you say a couple of things. One, there's not enough there's growers not enough, yeah. that are producing an adequate amount of flour. Yeah, and it's really and not adequate. There's only three, there's trike, Zion and um, uh, there was Wholesome, Dragonfly. Wholesome, Wholesome's got, got some, some going on now. Flour yeah. now. Um, I know that um, Beehive's affiliated with some growers too. So yeah, there, there's there's flour out there, you know, and I've talked to some of the people and you you can grow flour and that's great. If it's not quality flour, then it just gets shipped to processing for edibles and, and other things. So we need to have quality flour that's grown that can, you know, that's quality to, to, to smoke and to use as a, as medicine. If it's not that, then it's not worth bringing to the market. And I think that's where some of it's getting lost right now. Yes, there's flour being grown, but a lot of it's just getting pushed to other even, processing. Even a lot of the stuff that you can vape is kind of garbage though. That's coming out of the state of Utah. I'm actually surprised that it's coming out. I'm just like, Oh uh, wow. Yeah. I, you talking to a lot of our patients, you know, yeah. there's some, there's some things that could change. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't want to sit and talk bad. I just want to no, see them change. Yeah. I want to see us yeah. get better quality and, you know, because talking, we deserve it. Talking to Jeremy, our, our market president here, you know, he's got a good relationship with Trike and with Zion and well, pretty much, every, I mean, everybody here in, in Utah. And they're they're making strides to get to that point. You know, they're, they want to produce as much as they can. They want to produce quality product and they're getting to that point. And, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be there soon. I mean, I, I would imagine by mid to next year, I think we'll have a, plenty of flour to go around. 
on that, on that, I have a question on that popped in my head here and you might not be the person to ask. We should have asked Sean this when we were recording with him, but are they limited to how much they can grow in a space or can they grow as much as they want as long as they have a license? They can grow as much as they want in this space, space. but they're limited to how many square feet they can grow in. And to that point, like, you know, Zion opened up a ton of extra growth space, Oak Bridge over here, just South of us. And they've got a a grow going up in Northern Utah too. I mean, they're, they're making those strides to get to that point. So we're grateful that, you know, they're, they're investing. That's a lot of money that these, these growers are investing into our market. Yeah. And the greenhouses just additionally to this point is, you know, you have, if you want to grow, if you want to grow cannabis quickly, then you need an existing greenhouse to take over. Mm -hmm. So you got to take over somebody's poinsettia operation and they've got to know that they're going to get paid and then you've got to make some modifications for security oh, yeah. because you can't just grow a bunch of weed in the middle of, you know, Ogden and expect it not to get stolen. Yeah. I mean, even the hemp gets stolen, right? We talked to Mike Rodriguez. <laughs> I've heard some stories about some of the Southern Utah stuff that's yeah. happened down there. So yeah, they're, they're, they're making progress. You know, I think, like I said before, I think mid next year, I think we're going to see a, a levelization of the flower market and starting to see some normalization of like what we can have in stock and making sure we have the same things in stock. That's what we're kind of worried about here. And what we try to strive for is having the same things in stock every month. So when someone can come in and they've been using Gorilla Glue from Trike and it's working well for them, heck, they come in the next month and we don't have it for them. And I feel horrible. It's the worst. Yeah. they, they, They want this medicine. And, you know, in a traditional marketplace, in a traditional pharmacy, that's unheard of. And so to me, that hurts me right. as a pharmacist. It just makes me feel horrible. These people want this medicine. I can't give them their Khalifa Kush vape cart that they've been using for the last month because we're out of it. And, and Trike's trying as hard as they can to get it to market. We'll have some soon, but you know, we're just, it's such a young market here in Utah that we can't expect too much of what they're doing at the same time. So we got to have some patience on our end too. Since this will be going up Friday, can you give any tips on when any stuff's coming in or is that not something you're allowed to talk about? I am not allowed to talk about ah. it, but I will say this, keep an eye on our website. Okay. Nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. And you keep that well up to date. Always look at a, any pharmacy here in Utah, look at their website before you come in. Like you're not, that way you're not going to be surprised when you get here. Everybody keeps their websites completely up to date. Um, and that's just the best way to get the information before you come. You, uh, you mentioned like Gorilla Glue and these names as a pharmacist, <laughs> do you feel like? These are more fun names for drugs. <laughs> so as a pharmacist, and I, I tell this story all the time, as a pharmacist, I, I one of our first days here, I'm selling a cart to this little old lady that she's been vaping for, you know, a few years from Colorado and I'm selling her PPD. And she's like, PPD, I've never heard of PPD. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't want to continue with it any further. And she kept bugging me. Well, what is PPD? And I'm like, okay, it's purple panty dropper. And like everybody in the pharmacy just busts up laughing. <laughs> Yes, like the names are pretty funny and crazy. Yes, we could probably do better at naming them, especially in the medicinal market. I think it's a little <laughs> bit weird. We've had conversations with this in our pharmacists with different pharmacists, and it's just a market, though. It's just you know, it's where the market came from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like for you know, since what the the tax acts, the, the marijuana tax act of nineteen thirty seven, right. we lost that ability to you know have cannabis and marijuana in our in our culture. And luckily we had these hippies in California that were growing it for us and keeping it alive. And if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have what we have today. And unfortunately they named it, not unfortunately, I shouldn't say that, but to some extent they named it some crazy things. And that was just because of their culture. And we have to accept that that was part of their culture. Can we change the culture today? 
I think so. I well, think we no, can make it a little bit more yeah, medicinally friendly. But you need to remember your roots. And I think that's oh, yeah. the problem is too many people in the industry now are trying to forget it. Yeah. And trying to make it too glamour, you know, oh, let's make it look all fancy and let's, yeah. uh, why, right. why there's people still in prison yeah. for doing, for paving the way. Of yeah. This, and that, you know, yeah, we have, we owe them a debt of gratitude for yeah. sure. Like, you know, there, we wouldn't, like I said, we wouldn't have what we have now if it weren't for them. The growers that were coming out of California and, you know, the Pacific Northwest and, and Florida and, you know, even South America, we have these, we have these plants, we have these hybrids that they cultivated for us for years and we should be grateful for them. Yes. Uh, but I, 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 no, I, I, know what you I mean. disagree. And I, I, know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's going to be a those back are and forth for years. Taking themselves so seriously. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you got to yeah, yeah, rename yeah. everything yeah. and you got to, yes. Could we do a little bit better? And you know, does the little old lady, you know, probably prefer a name that's not purple panty dropper. Yeah. You know, maybe, <laughs> but maybe she just doesn't take herself serious enough. And, and Dude, she's probably she's telling like, all you know of her what? friends. Hey, like, guys, what yeah, the at the same time, like I said before, she laughed and it was a fun time in the pharmacy. So, right. yeah. 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 so I, there, there's two sides of it for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it is what it Should is. Should we like, hit up some of these questions? Cause there's quite a few on this paper here, Tim, uh, God, no, that were supplied. We've, we've got a few, we got a few that I, we asked already about the park city, you know, we're so excited about Park there, City. Like so this, it's going to be, it's going to be so neat to have that up there. The next question on here, uh, these were questions submitted by customers or patients here at Desert from Wellness. Instagram account, from yeah. Instagram, which yeah. go follow the Desert Wellness on Instagram because yes. uh, it's great to be connected. I think that's a good way too to find out about product. Yeah, we we and you know we if there's any announcement we want to make to our, our public, we send out an email, but we also put it on Instagram. That's like our go to. So, so sign it's up kind for of the, the email only list way. Too. It's the only way they've allowed you to. Not promote, promote but advertise. just to communicate. Yep. yep. To communicate to the public. Yep. And we take full advantage of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every, I think that, you know, so far everybody does. Yeah. Um, so people come in here and ask number two, Chris. Yeah. Number two is why, why do other dispensaries get products before Deseret Wellness? Oh, man. An example, the mother <laughs> liquor rosin. Which, well, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah, it is a great question. Um, We're not integrated with any grower or any producer. So we stand alone as Deseret Wellness. Um, there's other pharmacies out there that have a grow division um, and they're affiliated with a specific grower and us being not, a, not that way, it, you know, we lose out on something like mother liquor because it's going to we're wholesome. Who's getting it? I can't remember. Actually, who. I think dragonfly, dragonfly has some now too. It's dragonfly. Yeah. They so, but they're vertically integrated. They yeah. have a grow, yeah. they have, and that's what you're talking so, about. Yeah, right? So if I have a grow, I'm going to put you're, my you're, rosin yeah. that I made in my, why pharmacy. would any smart business person give it to somebody else when they can sell it themselves in their pharmacy? So and, an advantage to them to do that, but a disadvantage too. Uh, disadvantage in the sense, yeah, we can't get it, but that also we're not beholden to any specific product. This is the disadvantage to them and yeah. the advantage to you because yep. you get to choose. We the can best choose products. what we have and we get to choose, like you said, the best products we have, we can cultivate specific relationships with a lot of our growers, um, and making sure that, you know, we can secure other things a lot easier, um, than some of the other vertically integrated, pro um, pharmacies. It gives us a lot of freedom here at Desert Wellness. We're, you know, we don't answer to any grow site, so we can we sell what we think is quality, um, and what we have here at Desert Wellness, you know, we we think is quality, and so we're gonna have the the products in stock that we know are gonna help people. The medicine that we feel is the best medicine for our patients here at Desert Wellness. So, as yeah. a pharmacist, do you think that's an important distinction between you and the other pharmacists? Not that you, not that I'm asking you to talk negative about other no. pharmacists in the industry, but do you think that those vertically integrated businesses, the wholesomes, the dragonflies, you mm -hmm. know, do they, are the pharmacists, do you think they're going to have to fight against 
the corporation trying to push their own product? I would say yes. You know, they, they're going to have to, they, they own that product, so they've got to sell it, right? I mean, right. It's, it's their product. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to sell it and, and, and hopefully make the most money they can out of it because we need to succeed in, as an industry that way. But at the same time, so even in, in last week's um, podcast, you guys talked about, you know, having the pharmacy affiliated with a grower, like it sometimes pushes patients to a specific product. That pharmacy may feel that they need to push that product to their patient and not to say that it's a bad product and the product will help that patient. But here at Desert Wellness, I think we have the opportunity to have a variety of products in stock that people can choose from um, and and specifically pick the product that we think is you know, best for them. And, and I, that gives us a lot of freedom, like I said before, and a lot of benefit for our patients here. I'm so glad that you said that all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to ask number three here, Tim? Yeah, I do. Okay. Does Deseret Wellness have their own cultivation or plans to do so? So you've talked a little bit about that you don't have your own cultivation, but is there any plans to to develop that? There's no plans, but who's to say maybe later on if, if the market shifts that way, we're open to it. I mean, we're not going to shut down, you know, something that might benefit, but no, I, it's not on the, the table right now for sure. Definitely not. Yeah. Shoot. I'm even open to that. I, <laughs> I mean, we're all, it's not, all like, I, I, I think I, that the more we're involved in this, Chris, the more you and I have talked about off, off the mic, um, we're learning so much about cannabis and about growing and about all the stuff. It'd be so fun to put yeah. a couple of plants in your backyard, in the, in the greenhouse in the backyard. One day, one day, maybe one day, one day we'll it's get there. It's fun to yeah. talk to people like in California that just kind of have some growing in their garden. You right. Know? Well, it's like, gosh. We have a lot of patients that have moved here from California and they talk about the old days when they could go, when they were living there and they could have a few plants just to <sighs> hang out in their backyard. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Just, just- I, I, there was a guy that was in here last week and he was saying that, you know, he's been growing the same plant here in Utah in his basement and he's been growing it for seven years and he left to go on a state. He's an oil worker and he left to go out of state to work on it, left it to his brother and his brother killed it. No. <laughs> and he said the stock was like, you know, four inches in diameter. It's, it was an old, old plant. An old mother. Yeah. And it, uh, it died and he was pretty sad and I was pretty sad for him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, the next question on here is if or when you guys are doing delivery, and I know you've talked about delivery a little yeah, bit too. As soon as the state can authorize that and get it ready to go, we're going to jump right on it. Any any kind of an estimate of a goal? Like, I mean, are we looking at a month or six months or you have no idea? You know, we're hoping sometime next year, early next year is what I'll say. Yeah. yeah early yeah. next year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number. Well, I'm just going to keep going with these, Tim. Uh, he's changing out the uh, video there. We're, do, we're doing some video, so we'll see if we can do anything with this uh, video. So pay attention to that uh, when we announce that, listeners. Uh, will the flower supply become more consistent? It seems like flower goes so quickly at all pharmacies. And when will more products be available? And I, I know we kind of talked talk, about that. Yeah, I, I think her, you know, mid next year, I think the market's hopefully going to level out. I don't have a lot of specifics and yeah. knowledge on that, but talking to you know people in the, in the industry, um, we're hoping so. It kind of, I mean, it's kind of a given if you watch a lot of uh, industries that open, it takes a little second to kink it, you know, iron the kinks out. Yeah. And I know I've said this on other podcasts. It's like, people got to remember, there's been a lot of wild stuff going on this year on top of rolling this out. So it's kind of like, that's kind of held things back too. If It's been a crazy year. If this year this was as it. normal as every other year, we probably could be exactly way ahead. And um, I like to talk about been, this. Would you have had Park City open, do you think, in a normal year? Yeah, there were. Yeah, I w- we would hope we would have had it open by now for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you would have opened here in Provo earlier too, right? A few months earlier. Yeah, yeah, probably about a month earlier if we could have. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, COVID it's held us back on the build out quite a bit. COVID held us back on, you know, hiring people and getting things up and running. So we had some issues, but we, we were able to over, overcome it in the end. And that's what I think we all need to pay attention to is like, hey, at least we have them. Yeah. It might not be perfect. No. But, but we and, could not have anything. And look, there's, I mean, there might not be the products you want, but it's already leaps and bounds better than it was in March and April oh. and May. Um, yeah. The availability of product is by far better now. Much, much better. Yeah. And there is, there's a lot of product in the pipeline. I mean, we oh, were yeah. just in Payson and let me tell you, there's a lot of product down there. Where were you guys at? Can we went say? to Zion. The Zion Grove. The Zion Grove. Grove yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And we want to go out and see, you know, the trike facility too, because we want, we want to see, because the listeners, they want to know. Yeah. Like what you can't see, you, you don't believe nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. And it's coming. It's it's going to be here. I tell this to people all the time. We're kind of in the like wild, wild west of, of medical marijuana here in Utah. And everything's changed so fast and so quickly. And we just need to kind of be a little bit patient with it. And we're only into it six, seven months, really. I mean, we've developed a whole market in this amount of time. This is insane. This is great. Mm-hmm. And two years from now, I think we're going to be in a lot better spot. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. patience is, is key right now. Okay, this last question. There's is- one. It's a good one. This, this is, is a good question and one we've never asked anybody I before. Don't think so. Okay. Josh, is there a way to set up so my spouse could pick up my order? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are many options for people who have a hard time traveling or can't drive themselves. Yes, there is an option. You can become a caregiver with the state. So if a patient is unable to come to a pharmacy, whether that's because of age or any type of physical ailment that they can't get here, um, you can have a family member or a close friend get a, a caregiver card with the state that's attached to your card that, that says that that person can pick up for you and, and purchase for you. Um, and that is key to a lot of people here. And we've been trying to talk with people about that. There's definitely that option for people to go, go get that. How it, hard is it to get a caregiver card? It's a little bit tricky. It has to be authorized. That person has to be authorized. There is a fee involved with it. That's I think $75. Yeah, it's yeah. a background check. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's, so it's really associated with the background check with the state. That's where it's going to. Yep. Yeah. So it, we've had a handful of people here at Desert Wellness that have become caregivers and it's helped out their patient tremendously. So we're, we're, we're excited and we'll yeah. help people with that process and answer questions if they have any questions. And essentially it. you just need to justify. It sounds to, it sounds to me like what you're saying is you just need to really justify that you need the caregiver Yep. and you can do that by age. So anybody, anybody under 21 they're going to need, or anybody at least under 18 Mm -hmm. has to have a caregiver card. And then anybody in a facility, anybody who's like living in a, in an assisted living facility could qualify for a card. Hospice, right? Hospice Hospice qualifies. Yeah. Any type of physical disability. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And get a caregiver who can come get your product. And then also to that same point, we'll have delivery options available next year that we can deliver to your house if you're not able to make it in. So I was going to say, that's probably the best option too, right there. The easiest once delivery starts getting, I mean, the curbside too. I mean, they wouldn't have to get out of the car. If somebody could drive in here at least. We have lots of like uh, a lot of our cancer patients that have a hard time getting to the store. We just, they'll have someone drive them here. We go out there and help them at curbside and get their order taken care of. So yeah. Can you do a consultation? curbside i'm sure you've done it we haven't done like a technical one but we do offer like a telehealth here Uh Um, and so we always have that available to people that can't make it in Um, if you want somebody to come into your consult with you so say you're just not feeling comfortable going in by yourself um, we make those um those changes to we usually bring them into this room that we're in here today and kind of have like a group consult with with the whole family sometimes it's pretty cool 
but yeah, we make accommodations for anybody that can't, you know, that, that can't do it the traditional way. Well, it kind of becomes a family. Oh yeah. Like, like a vent, like a, a situation, because if, if there's one person in the home using cannabis, I mean, kind of everybody is part is, of that. Really. Yeah, they're going to know really, about it. I mean, it yeah, really whether is. it's yeah. smell or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, and like the buy-in on the cultural side, especially like growing up here, LDS, yeah. yep. this religious community. I mean, yep. you need to know that, you know, what's, what's grandma doing? Yep. Right. That just that <laughs> so many of our, a little funny. So many of our patients come from people that, you know, using cannabis in the home and they've got uh-huh. a family member like a mother or a grandmother, or, you know, somebody else that's dealing with an issue that cannabis can help with. And that's what we love that people are out there sharing this, this idea and, and this, this treatment method with other people. And yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll get it taken care of for you and, and have that consult here as a family. And it's really cool. Like I said, to have like a bunch of people in here. It's been cool to talk to you about that. It's a good, good perspective. Dude, you've given us so much new information, even uh, different angles, different angles with yeah. compared to some of the people that we've talked to. Any other questions? I don't know. I'm trying to think of any a- other, uh, any other things that you want to discuss? Why we, why the, why the bikes are hot or I'm trying to think just so we don't, I mean, cards need to be wrapped up so, by the end of the yeah, year. That, that's one thing I mean, we need to really point say out. that on yeah. every episode, but it's important. Man, it, yeah, it, I mean, here we are two weeks away from yeah. your letter not being valid. And we've got what about 12,000 letters out there that the state's estimating right now? Last yeah, I heard, that's what the state is estimating. Yeah, and we know that there's, there's got to be low. more. There's, yeah, and that's still literally two weeks away, people. This is we've so been we hounding people on. every time they come in with the letter. We're like, please go get your card, please help us get you know, help yeah. you get that card. What, what are you hearing why people aren't? What's um, the biggest holdup? Money. Usually they, oh, so it's so they have to, okay, so it's 15 yeah. bucks really yeah. is all it is. Well, and it's, and it's a lot of and these some, letters still are not associated with QMPs. QMPs. Yep. And that's, that's probably the second biggest holdup. And some of them too, are just elderly people that don't have that internet competency to go through. And with that whole EVS process, which is complicated. Oh, it's hard for us. It's yes, totally it fine. Is. I can go in and do it. You can go in and do well, it. But I, you, I stumbled around <laughs> but, on that. But thing. you put somebody in no, front of a computer they, that's, you know, they 65 took it five years old before they, we were supposed to have it in the original bill. It was supposed to be done in the doctor's office. At the time you got your card, it was part of the statute. They took it out because it was too cumbersome. Yeah. And I mean, they might've should have left it in because and it a lot of the QMPs are doing it still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the good ones are doing it there. That. Yeah. The, the, all the PM, the QMPs that we see that are doing it, their patients are having a much better experience. So if, if the QMPs are hearing me right now, please help your patients get that. Cause that's the first step pretty much is right at that, that first visit or, and, and need it taken care of. But yeah, I'm scared the new year's going to roll around and we're going to have all these people that can't come in here and get what they've been taking and using and benefiting from for the last six months. So it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't want that to happen to anybody. And I'm afraid it's going to happen to a lot of people, yep. unfortunately. Well, we'll be ready. Yep, we're here. Actually, why we have you on the podcast, let's promote Deseret Wellness a little bit over the holidays. Are you guys going to be open like the day after Christmas, yes. before Christmas? Like what, ho- New Year's? What's, what's the so, plans So um, the only hour changes we're having right now is uh, Christmas Eve. We're going to be closing at 5 o'clock. After that, Monday through Saturday, 7 to 11, normal hours. So day after Christmas, normal after, yep. which I believe is Friday, after the day after Christmas. You're open until how late? On Christmas Eve? No, on normal, normal, seven. normal, normal yeah. hours, 11, 7 p.m., 11 yep. a.m. to 7 p.m. Yep. Every six days a week. Six days a week. Yep. Got yep. it. We're closed on Sundays down here. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's appropriate. You can't be open down here on Sundays. I don't <laughs> no. I think there must be some rule. Beehive I know is Sunday. I think Wholesome Sunday. I know Dragonfly is not Sunday. Yeah. I think, I think Beehive and Wholesome, but this yeah. is, this is a great, I like coming down here. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't really mind the drive. No, it's not a bad drive. And especially if you guys have the product, I could see a lot of people from Salt Lake coming 
Oh yeah. Down here. People will go where the flower is right now. And so if you've got flower, you'll get people from anywhere in the state really. What's uh, Deseret Wellness on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, are you on Twitter? Do you know, or I mean, Um, I don't think we have a, I haven't seen a Twitter account, but yeah, Deseret Wellness or Deseret dash wellness. Um, we'll, we've taken most of those, those handles. Where it was great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, It was great. Thanks for coming down here guys. Like we appreciate this. It's nice to have some good conversations around medical cannabis in Utah and, and, you know, exploring some different ideas. I think it's great. Thanks for yeah. coming down. Well, you can get a hold of me at utahmarijuana.org. You know, you can see our couple of billboards up now. Are they all over now? They're kind of all over now, <laughs> <laughs> which is exciting. You know, are they more. all mostly in Salt Lake though? Yep. They are mostly in Salt Lake. We've got a couple in Ogden and, um, but utahmarijuana.org is, is a good place. And we've written a couple of blog articles about the letter situation and mm-hmm. what's going to change come January 1st. Um, Decent place, I think, to get information. Uh, and our podcasts are all up there with summaries, and they'll be transcribed, and we're, we're catching up on on those. But um, So people can reach out to you like if they want to even get their letter to yeah, a card. I mean, you'll you you help wanna, them We set have that an up. entire program. So okay. if you go to utahmarijuana.org and you chat with us online or you call us, we will help, no matter who your QMP is, we will help you navigate the system. And there's no cost associated with that, okay? Just the there's 15, just, though, for the Just the 15 for the state. We'll reach out to your QMP and if they're not planning on becoming a QMP, or we'll reach out to the person who wrote your letter, I should say, if they're not planning on becoming a QMP. It was at that moment that I looked down, I noticed that the recorder was off, the SD card was full. But I also knew that the recording was almost over, so I didn't want to bag the rest of the conversation. I just told Tim, I said, hey, I'll just close this out at home. I'll say a few words. I'll close out the podcast. So anyway, here I am. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Josh and Deseret Wellness, such a great pharmacy down here in Provo. Go check them out if you're in the area. Say hello and tell them that Utah in the Weeds sent you. We also set up a voicemail number that you can call in if you have any questions for uh, Tim or myself, if you have any uh, feedback that you want to give, or if you want to be a guest on the podcast, give us a call, 385-215-9557. Nobody will ever pick that, uh, that up for you. It goes right to voicemail. Say a few words. We might play it on a future episode of the podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to my other podcast at IamSaltLake.com. I Am Salt Lake Podcast. I do that with my wife, Chrissy. Go check it out. We got a brand new ep- episode every week. We're talking to business owners, artists, musicians, tattoo artists, everybody here in Salt Lake City. IamSaltLake.com. Go check that out. And UtahMarijuana.org. Go check that out. Make sure you uh, get your card by uh, January 1st there because those letters aren't any good after the end of the year. Anyway, that's all we have to say. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And we'll catch you next week on the next episode of Utah in the Weeds.